Today, there's a book I want to hold up to you. Our friend uh, Chip Jackson that led our leadership team through a couple, two of our three leadership retreats this past year, he uh, instructed us to get this book. Uh, It's a very good author that Don and I have read several of his books. His name's John Ortberg, and he wrote a book called Soul Keeping. And some of you are uh, avid readers. Some of you haven't read a book since school. And, uh, but this is a good read, and I just want to hold it up. Uh, I, there's some great information that I've gained from it. And I think I can, this is one of those books I think you could read a couple of times, maybe two or three times at least in your lifetime, or maybe read it again next year. And for some of you, just maybe read it for the first time. But soul keeping. We've been doing these habits in these four weeks. And this morning is about the habit of a soul keeper. And if you're breathing today, you are a soul keeper. At least you have a soul. Would all of us agree that we have a soul? We, we, we all do. I mean, we have souls. That's the way God's made us. And maybe you haven't kept your soul extremely well, but maybe in this message we will begin to look. In Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, there, there's a passage. I just wrote the reference right across the top of your uh, worship guide notes. And I remember reading this passage probably 25, 26 years ago and actually renamed our uh, student ministry after that, Crossroads, because of this ancient text from Jeremiah. If you look at the 6th chapter, 16th verse, it says this, Stand at the crossroads and look, and ask for the ancient paths, and ask where the good way is, and then walk in it. And, if you, and you will find rest for your souls, but you said, we will not walk in it. And I like that particular passage, you can, uh, uh, that phrase that says, and we can do what? We can ask for literally rest for our souls. Here's what I know. We get tired. We get tired physically. We get tired emotionally, mentally. But our souls, and we'll talk about what is a soul today and how to really replenish that, they just get tired. They get fatigued. They get spun. They need help. This morning, uh, I, had, um, I had Drew and Caitlin change the worship set to sing that great song, 10,000 Reasons. Do y'all like that song? Bless the Lord, oh my mind. It's not what it says. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And uh, I love it, man. M- my man walked in this morning, and, and you had soul on your shirt. I mean, I'm thinking, man, I, I should wear your shirt today. But look at, look at the very top of this, Dallas Willard. He's a uh, just this, he, he's dead now, but he was a great writer, just a, an incredible gift to the body of Christ. And John Ortberg, he talks about him in this book. He just interviewed him over and over. This guy was so wise. Have, have you ever talked to somebody that was so wise and like you, you just rocket fire and they just kind of sit back and they put their hand like this, they're pondering and they speak ever so slowly. But when they speak, Life flows out of them. I get tired in a presentation like that. Because I talk so fast. But yet, the content and the depth of people like that, and especially Dallas Willard, you can uh, read his writings. They're great. But look at this very first thing. The most important thing about you is not the things that you achieve. It's the person that you become. See, we're always talking about achievements and goals and how we can measure them. And all that's important. I think there's a place for that. But ultimately, I think God's saying, who are you becoming 
with that heart, with that soul that I gave you to shape. So when our soul is just trouble, when it's in turmoil, when there's fear, anger, sorrow, despair abounds, it just tends to skew, to mess up reality, and you can't really see maybe what's really there. I'm just warning this morning, if there's anybody in the house, and you don't have to raise your hand, just in your heart, is there anybody that's been overwhelmed this season of life, this month, this week, maybe this day? Life just has a way of doing that to it. I love the church. The church is the gathered ecclesia, the gathered church, the gathered saints of God, and in that place we find community and celebration. But we also find a place to weep and to mourn and to vent, if you will. And there's, uh, in the Psalms, we, we see passages where the psalmist is so troubled, so overwhelmed, and he cries out to God, and he laments, and he records, God records through his word to us. And just listen to one, Psalm 43, 5. Listen to this. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Here's what he's doing. He's doing soul talk. He's talking to his soul. He's talking to himself. How many of you, and you're in the house of God, so everybody already maybe thinks you're crazy. How many of you ever talk to yourself? Wait a minute. How many of you talk to yourself? Raise these hands. I saw many go up. Now, let's, let's, this side, I want to see you raise your hand. you Okay, you're doing better now. And how many people, it's your age. Okay, well, you can get away with that. Okay. And, and we do talk to ourselves. And yet, here the psalmist is talking to God, but he's talking to us. Oh, soul, why are you so disturbed? Why are you so downcast? Man, he was, he was threatened. He was overwhelmed. And what I'd say to us, sometimes we get threatened. We get overwhelmed by life by circumstances, by events that come our way. And that soul talk is a great way to begin to get before the Lord and say, God, speak into my life. Lord, help me to speak to my soul. The soul embodies who I am. And God, you've created me with a soul. And I want to be like the deer that pants for the living water. I, Lord, I want to drink of the water. Lord, I want to drink of what you've got. And hope to our soul is what energy is to our bodies. I, I like to yard work a, a lot of the times, and then I get kind of fatigued with it. And the other day, I had this just a uh, big day on Friday where I was just out working in the yard, working in the yard, and weeding and cutting, and a big old wasp, man. I was in there trimming the shrubs, and boom, he hit me, and I thought, oh, and I didn't cuss, but, I, man, it hurt. And, I, man, the pain, and, and I said, man, that ain't fair, and I wanted to take him out. And I went and got some uh, some repellent, some different sprays, and I nuked him. You know what I'm saying? And, but man, he left it. And all day, man, I'd put ice on it. I said, oh, Donna, man, do you want to kiss it? And then, you know, it's pad, baby. And put ice on it. And even that night, man, thing was still stinging. Couldn't kind of fully use my hand. I'm like, man, what, what is this? But when I was like working in the yard, I, I, I remember, man, I don't know about you, but you know when you get really hydrate, uh, high, really, well, you need to hydrate. You know when you get really, really hot and it's really humid like it is in Montgomery a lot and you sweat and you sweat and you drink and you drink and you're going, yeah, baby, I'm drinking Coke after Coke. Well, that's your first problem, okay? But when you drink water and you can't get enough water and you need to hydrate. And yet I came in down and said, you know what? You need a protein bar. She gave me that protein bar. And I'm going to tell you what, I got up 
And I felt like a new man. Energy had come back into my body. I went back out there with a great vengeance that I might attack weeds in Jesus' name. You're saying you're even spiritual when you work in the yard. Well, not sometimes. Especially when that wasp done me. But here's what I'm saying. Hope to the soul is like energy is to the body. When, when you have hope, you can overcome. When you have hope, you can celebrate. When you have hope, I think you can have peace. And when there's adversity all around you, listen to what um, Psalm 27 says. Witnesses have risen all against me, and they breathe out violent. Yet I believe that they, I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. He was looking for escape. He was looking for the presence of God. He was looking for strength that he could find. You know, here's what I'd say to you this morning. This book that I teach out of every weekend is filled with ancient texts, with words, and with promises of God Almighty. And these promises, when we eat them, when we digest them, when we read them, when we meditate upon them, when we reflect upon them, they nourish our soul, and the church said, and it might be, just possibly, if your soul's a little depleted, you haven't fed it. Oh, I try every weekend to feed you with the Word of God. I've got so many scriptures today to give you. I love to teach God's Word. I love to hear about you and God's Word. I love to hear about you in small groups and doing things. But I really pray that you'll just find time every day. Say, God, I want to drink of your Word. God, I want to receive from you. Because God's designed the Bible to nourish our souls. Just as when you're hot and you go and you get water to nourish the body, that it might operate efficiently and effectively, the Word of God nourishes our soul. These promises to digest and to take in. And we say, listen, my soul. Eat my soul. Eat the promises of God. I know you're going, Keith, I understand that concept about drinking water. I understand about food. But I'm saying on a spiritual plane, have you fed your soul? Or have you forgotten? You can just write in there, have I forgotten my soul? See, sometimes in the church of the, of the living Christ, we can forget to nourish our souls. You're saying, well, man, you're a preacher. You love God's Word. You preach God's Word. But let me tell you, I got a lot of preacher friends, and sometimes when we were really honest, we study and we went to school and we do all these things. We're always in God's Word and always preparing. But let me tell you, it is so easy to prepare for you, although it's a lot of work. But it's easy, if I'm honest, for me to neglect my own soul and I'll wither. And that's why it's important for you and I to make sure we have those daily disciplines that we digest, that we run to God's Word. Would you agree with me, church? You've got to have it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to convince you today. Say, God, so exactly what is your soul? In, in the Hebrew, the word is nefesh. The Greek, it basically comes out the word psyche. And it occurs over 800 times in Scripture, we see the word soul. God's trying to speak to our soul. And the soul is the deepest thing about you. It's the deepest part of who we are. It's the moral, emotional nature of the human being. And God has created mankind with a soul. And here's the good news of Jesus. He died that he could redeem our souls for all eternity. It means the life of a person. Now, what, what I'd like to do now, 
I'm just going to put it on here real quick. Let's, let's get these out. i got markers today. Let me tell you, are these some fat markers or what? I've been sitting on them, and they're extremely uncomfortable. I just want to go ahead and get that out of there. Here it is. Go ahead, somewhere in your worship guide, humor me, and I, and I will let you out today when I see your drawings, and you can go out the door, okay? You're saying, crud, I ain't never going to get out of here. Okay, here it is. Let's put it right here. This is a W. This is not for Waldrop, okay? This is for Will. All right, Will. Can you see that now? How many of you all agree that we have a will? You have a will. God's created man with a will. And we have a free will to choose. We can choose to do right. We can choose to do wrong. We can choose to be righteous. We can choose to be wicked, whatever. But it's that capacity that we have as humans. And part of our dynamic, the part of our makeup, the way God's made us, is we have a will. But then we want to move to the, to the mind. Now, I'm not going to ask you today, do you have a mind? Somebody goes, like, I don't know, man. My mind's kind of loony. Their mind's kind of gone. Their mind's kind of goofy. Their mind is brilliant. Their mind is keen. Their mind is sharp. Their mind. But in the ancient world, it was referred to their person's thoughts and their feelings. And, and yet the Scripture teaches us what? That the mind of the sinful person is death. Those that don't have Christ, those that have drifted into sin, that leads to death. But the Romans says, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life. The mind controlled by the Spirit is peace. Which mind do you want? I'm praying that you want the mind of Christ. That daily you say, God, transform my mind. What, what's that verse? I, kn I know you're going to say, I can't believe he's going to do it. I was wondering if I might write today. And I should have known I was. Matter of fact, I really get excited when I get different highlighter colors. Here you go. Romans, what's the scripture? 12. 12 what? Therefore, if any, that, that, not that, that's Corinthians, sorry. That our minds are what? We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Isn't it 12.1? Hello? There you go. 12-1. So God wants to give us that mind. God, you, you've created us with a mind, and we can sharpen it or we can run from it. But then let's look at this. We've all got this. Everybody came in today. I didn't see anybody not have one of these. I was checking at the door. I just wanted to make sure if somebody left theirs at home. We have a what? A body. I know you're saying, yeah, I've been checking out the bodies every time they come through the door. No, that's called lust. Okay, no, no, no. No, no, you're checking out bodies. But, and God's created us with this body, and it encompasses all this other. And it's our little kingdom. It's these little power packs that God's filled with appetites and habits. Our body has habits, doesn't it? Some of those habits are extremely good and effective, and some of those habits might not be good. And, and we've been talking about habits. Maybe God wants to break some habits that we have that are maybe poor. But the body, the body is the easiest to understand because you do what? You touch your... I don't know why I'm hitting myself. We hit our body. We touch our body. We, we all have our bodies. And as we get old, what does our body do? It does what? It shrinks. It does. And, and the body changes its shape, its capacity. Sometimes your body expands. That's not a good one. And, and then sometimes, uh, you, know, the, you know, you're saying, oh, I'm young and lean and growing. My body's getting larger and it's, you know, mass and it's developing. But it's the, the physical part, you know, is the, the lungs and the, the organs of the body and the vein and the blood. And we understand the body. But then we want to go to the what? 
the soul. Now, this is so unique to anybody else of what God created. He's given the human, the humans, he's, he's given us a soul, the capacity to integrate all the other single parts into our life, into one whole. It's the, the, the soul is the deepest part of the whole person that God's given us. It's that which gives life to a person's body. And here's the thing. We have, um, um, whether we're born again in Christ or not in Christ, we all have a soul. But yet, when we are born again, when we come to faith in Christ, we have a new soul. We have, we have, well, actually, we have a soul. It, it gets redeemed. We have a new nature. We have, we have the Spirit. God puts the Spirit in us. How many of you are grateful today that when you came to Christ, God put His Holy Spirit in you? And that would make you able to overcome the bad habits and the sin. And greater than that, when he redeems you, it means you're acceptable to God. Greg Laurie that Doug talked about in a masterful way in the video. That's going to be a world-class kingdom evangelistic crusade that will sweep the globe, and especially our country, and it will present the gospel clearly. We're praying that this place would have many that would come. Many that we don't even know that maybe we just find us and come. And, you're, and maybe you're saying, well, I'm, I'm kind of uncomfortable with this sharing my faith and I've done series on evangelism. This is an easy one. All you got to do is put them in a car and bring them out here. And you're like, and there's going to be great artists, Chris Tomlin and Switchfoot and different ones. And then Greg will just present the gospel in a beautiful way. But let's get to this outline or I'll never get there. Number one, your soul is the most important thing about you. Would you agree, church? I like what Mark 8, 36 and 37 says. Well, it, it's really a sobering verse, but listen to it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and forfeit their own soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Nothing. It would be so sad to know that you exchange your soul for possessions or for the things of this world and that you chase them, and you were more passionate about the things of this world, of this life, than you were of the soul that God had created you to be in his image, to worship him, to, to know him. It's, I'd say the soul is the most valuable possession that God gives us. And God so wants to redeem souls. You know, the proverb says that he that winneth souls is wise. And that's why it's important that we share our faith in an active, uh, progressive, positive, winsome kind of way. And yet God's saying, your soul is always designed for connection with God. See, my soul longs to know you. Oh, my soul, why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul, why, why am I overwhelmed? Maybe you would say, why am I depressed? And God says, I want to redeem. I want to shape. I want to water I want to feed your soul. I like what Genesis 2, 7, write down this verse. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And at that point, the man, the scripture says, became a living soul. Our souls were brought to life. And that's what God gives us. And that verse that I referred to earlier about the deer, it's Psalm chapter 42, verses 1 and 2. Listen to God's word. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. You see, you and I were created 
to worship, to know, to be filled, to be in the presence of God Almighty. Amen? And that's why I love worship. We come in for praise and worship to just shake off all the stuff of this world and to somehow draw a little closer to Jesus and say, oh, God, revive my soul. I got a question I'm thinking about this morning. How many of you have ever had your souls revived when you walked in this room? I hope all of you put your hands up, okay? I mean, that's our goal. Our goal is not to say, let's have religious, boring instruction every Sunday morning so we can just grunt it out and go, praise God, we did that and leave. No, man, I want you to come out of here. Your soul found life. Your soul found freedom. Your soul found liberty. And, and, and so we have to, just right in the margin, you have to examine the condition of your soul on a regular basis. Well, sometimes if I'm transparent, my soul just aches. Sometimes it longs for heaven as it should. Sometimes it's just kind of stressed out and distressed and discouraged. And I just need some hope. And there's something about God's living word in his presence when I pick up God's word and I find refreshment for my soul. Somebody sends me a scripture. Somebody sends me something. Somebody read something to me somebody share something with me somebody I, I love music somebody will send me a song and man I'll just play it on my phone or I'll, on my computer and I'll listen to it uh, there's times in my study on Tuesday mornings when I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking about our worship experience and sometimes I'll just have to stop I'm, I'm in this uh, laborious pursuing breaking out words, looking at phrases, just studying, researching, doing all this. And sometimes it's just like, God, like God I just need you. And I'll stop for maybe 10 minutes, and I'll, I'll put on a worship song or two, and I will just worship. Some, I'm all by myself, just me and God. And sometimes I find that I'll just weep. I'll get on my knees. I'll stand and raise my hands to the heavens. I'll just worship. And something just transformative happens in my soul and I get in the presence of God. Amen? Have you had those times for your soul? You're saying, well, pastor, that's when we come to church. Well, that is, you come for instruction, you come for assembly, you come for a lot of reasons, but there's nothing like having that one-on-one time with Jesus where you just go. Because you see, a hardened soul needs openness. It needs trust. It, listen to Psalm 51, verse 6 and verse 10. You desire truth in the inmost, innermost being and in the hidden part you will make known wisdom. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. God will just feed our soul. And, and that's what I find. So your soul is the most important thing about you. Let's look at the second one. A cluttered soul needs clarity and it needs release. It just needs some clarity to it. In Psalm 42, 11, listen to the psalmist. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. And it sounds just very straightforward. Put your hope in Jehovah. Put your hope in God. But so, you're downcast. He's back with this soul talk. You read a lot of Psalms that sound like this. So, you know, like uh, we, we're going through a time of discouragement. I, I don't know about you. When I am discouraged, I find that worship and God's word will lift me out of it quicker than anything. And particularly, I find company, strength in the Psalms. 
So just right the other day, if, you, if you're not in a regular habit of reading the Psalms, and I can't tell you which one because there's 150, but there will be one or two or a dozen that will speak to you. And it will refresh you. And it will encourage you. Your, your walk with Jesus, let's just be real honest, it becomes dry, rote. You need to feed your soul. You're experiencing that time of discouragement and depression. You need to be in his presence. And so I think about it. Why are you and I so discouraged and so depressed? I think sometimes because we just don't spend enough time with him. Just listening, saying, God, speak to me today. Bless you. And just walk and say, God, rain down from heaven. Lord, just fill me up. Overwhelm me with joy today, God. Have you ever noticed when somebody's sick and they get better, they just sit over there and they complain, and they're just not very much fun to be with? That is not true. Somebody's been sick and they get healed, they're usually ecstatic. They usually don't shut up. They've been refreshed by the healing presence of God. And so maybe it's going to take that. Maybe it's going to take sickness unto death for us to, to fill us up. I don't know, but God... Take us on this path because we're in life. We're going through this. We want to be a soul keeper. And God, we want our souls to be strong. And God, we want them to be vibrant. We want them to be on fire for you. And then look at this one. A cluttered soul there. It needs clarity. It needs release because maybe we're bound up by something. This is whole habit of holiness. This whole habit. I could spend so much time on this and I have in the past about just having good quiet times. That you just run to God. That you just slow down and intentionally you decide not to hurry but to slow down to hear the voice of God to slow down to lay your petitions before him oh man this is so hard and easy to preach but difficult to live out and yet this is the life of a soul keeper that they uh, they if we can just be quiet long enough God will fill us. He'll fill our soul. He'll fill us with his presence. I know this experientially time and time again. And yet sometimes, even though I know this truth and I've taught this truth for 40 years, sometimes I'm a little slow. <laughs> sometimes I don't get it. Sometimes I'm like, man, why is it? Like, man, how much time have you spent with God? How much time have you spent worshiping him? How much time have you just gotten his presence and not asked him for anything? He just said, God, I just want to tell you I love you. God, I just want to worship you. I just want to honor you. God, I just want to know you. Didn't we say about, I just want to know you more? God, I just want to know you better. You know, that's what I pray this Memorial Day weekend, 2018. Maybe somewhere. I, let me tell you, I'm going to make a, a, a prediction. I think it's going to rain tomorrow. <laughs> and, and, and it's ruining some of our plans. Can I just be honest? We have a big day of barbecue and swimming and having fun. And they're going, monsoon in Montgomery, Alabama. And go south, it will be 12 to 20 inches. And I'm going, it stinks to be them. <laughs> they're spending all that money at the guff and going, this is miserable. But here's what I know. If it rains a lot, it's going to be an opportunity for you and me to somewhere sneak away and spend a few extra minutes with God. And you say, I am. I'm going to tell them how upset I am. And I'm going to complain, then you ain't going to get anything I'm talking about today. Or it might be you just slow down and say, God, look at that rain. It's raining. Have y'all noticed in one week we have gone from drought, dryness, death to life, vitality, and weeds? Have you noticed that? 
in one week. And I'm thinking, if God feeds our soul, we can be vibrant. Don't you want to be a vibrant Christian? No, Pastor. I just want to be dull and dry and crusty and cantankerous till he comes again. Well, let me show you the door now. <laughs> Doesn't that just make you, you're saying, you just described my uncle. He's coming tomorrow. Oh, we'll pray for him, okay? I don't know. Why don't we always pick on uncles? I'm an uncle. I wonder if they said that about me. Maybe they do. I don't know. All right. So this quiet time, we, we've got to do it. Uh, I think when I say about quiet time and about clarity, it's an absorption. God, we get absorbed by your word. Direct connection, daily check-in, spiritual feast. Oh, man, I could just preach on this one for a while, but I won't. Look at the third one. Living with gratitude gives your soul freedom. You know, I talk a lot about thankfulness and gratefulness because it's one of the main themes of the Scripture that we, we look to God, we, we see His power, we see how He watches over us. But Psalm 103, verses 2 through 4, I want you to see what it says. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all His benefits, who forgives all our iniquity and who heals all our diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Circle the word on their soul. I meant to put that in red. Somehow I missed it. But oh, my soul, bless you. Thank you. Help me, God, not to forget your benefits, all those things that you have done for me. You see, we think about gratitude in our mind, in our head. But it needs to go so much deeper in that we, um, we need to make a soul shift. And it, and it drifts from our mind down deep in our heart, deep in our soul, deep in our inner person, deep in our reservoir that we say, God, I worship you. And, and God, I know my soul, our souls crave freedom. They crave liberty. So God, help us to do that. And Caitlin sang a beautiful truth this morning. She didn't know I was going to talk about this, but as she was singing this, I thought, man, Caitlin is ringing the truth that I want to say right now. To become freely or to become truly free, you must surrender. To really be free in your soul, it requires surrender. God, help us to surrender those things today that we're holding on to, that we're fighting about. Oh, God, those things that we won't let go of and let you, God, rule. But God, give us freedom in the inmost part of our being. Lord, you're showing me I am not the center of the universe. <laughs> I'm not the center of anybody's universe. But you are, God. And Lord, I need more of you. I need you to come near. I want to be free of my soul. I want to have a connection. And the connection is between God's law, his word, and the freedom of the soul. So God, begin to just download this word through my mind, through my heart, into my soul. Let it fill my being, God. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Come on, let's say it together. Bless the Lord, oh my Didn't that feel good to say that? Bless the Lord. Oh, I know some of you are saying, yeah, that's that blessing we do sometimes when we uh, forget to pray. Bless my Lord, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. Amen. Oh, I thought it was funny anyway. That's, that, that's the prayer you say when you forgot to say grace beforehand. And God, don't, don't try that one, okay? Let's don't be disrespectful. God, we just want to bless you. We, we want you to fill our being. The psalmist in 119, verses 44, 45, 
uh, the longest psalm there is. He says this, I will always obey your law forever and ever. And then the very next verse he says, and I will walk about in freedom for I have sought out your precepts. Oh man, the psalmist knew that he wanted to seek God. Look at the fourth one. A rested soul focuses, focuses on becoming rather than doing. You know, in the church, we, we do a lot of stuff, and a lot of things have to happen, and we need to be do, not mere hearers, but to be mere, or to be doers of the Word. That's what the book of James says. But so many times we forget to become more like our Savior. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, I share this verse, but it's such a, a comfort for our souls this morning. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's what Jesus says. You know, there's a lot of noise out there. Noise, 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 constant noise to my soul. It clutters, it clangs, it makes a lot of static. And sometimes you just need to disconnect. You know, I like our social devices. This thing right here, I, never, I always have it on my desk, but today I brought it out for some reason, but I turned it off, okay? And, and this thing right here, this thing is a blessing. We communicate prayer requests in nanoseconds. It's awesome. But sometimes, oh, phone, you are a distraction to my soul. You're saying, Pastor, you done lost it. You talking to your telephone. Did you know that? How many of you, no, nobody liked that, did you? How many of you would agree? If you get your phone, hold it up. Just hold it up. How many of you would agree that's a distraction? The rest of you are, I'm in denial. It ain't distraction. I checked it 22 times during the message. I wish you'd hurry up because they're waiting on me right now at Roadhouse. They said, come quickly. We just ate the first basket of rolls. That's why some of you leave. I don't know where you're going. I got spies out there. You're not going to heaven either. Anyway, let's go. No, 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 I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. All right. Arrested soul. Noise. Coming to me, says Jesus. Take on my yoke surrender to me make it right man that's a, a good promise from god and look at the fifth one here a healthy soul can find satisfaction regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves in when we came to christ we believed that happiness maybe was based on circumstances but then we've learned since then that that's not necessarily true the scripture says it rains on the just and the unjust but it's a matter of focus it's a matter of perspective if you will and our souls need to be satisfied in Him. Not in our accomplishments, not in the things that we're doing, but the things, who, who we are becoming. And I'm just warning this morning that God wants to so refresh us that somehow we thought we could be satisfied by something else. And God is jealous. And it's not that we can be satisfied by anything but Him. So if you feel a little dry in your soul, maybe it's because you've tried to fill it with a false God, with a little God, with a fake God. And God says, I want to fill you. I want to be your best friend. I want to be your redeemer. I want to be your Lord. I want to be your master. I just want to walk with you. In the cool of day, in the hot of day, I just want you to walk after me. And sometimes people are like, man, if, if I just get a new this, if I just get a new that, if I just get a different person, if I just do that, everything will be right. Well, it might be, and it might be worse. You know what I'm saying? I've talked to plenty of people saying, man, 
I thought I wanted this and I got it. Oh my goodness. The payments are driving me. Don't raise your hand. You said the payments are driving me nuts. And then of course, sometimes people say, I tried this relationship in for a new relationship, and I thought it was going to be better. It's worse, Keith. What did I do? I said, I, I ran to a guy I'd counseled about uh, nine months ago, and I ran to him at a restaurant one day. He said, Pastor, can I talk to you? I said, sure, man. How you doing? He goes, I'm miserable. He said, I should have listened to you. What was I thinking? I threw my wife and my kids away. I chased the little young thing. He goes, I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. I just want to go home. And the wife said, don't you even come over here. I don't have nothing to do with you. He said, why didn't I listen to you? I went, stupid, stupid. Oh, no, no, excuse me. I didn't say that. I just hurt for him because he was broken. He was grieving. His soul, his body was downcast. The good news is God can take our messes, and he can redeem it, and he can restore. And here's what I love about Jesus. He can resurrect he can resurrect dead stuff. He can resurrect messed up stuff. Does that encourage you, church? Christ can resurrect that which you have cashed in and you've traded your soul in for something in this world. As your soul goes, so goes your life. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and lose, forfeit, exchange their soul? Oh, God, we know there's wars against that rage against our soul. 1 Peter 2.11. Psalm 94, 18 and 19. When I said my foot's going out from under me, your loving kindness held me up, Lord. When my worry is great within me, your comfort brings joy to my soul. Oh, some of these verses I'm sharing today, I hope you will go back home and mark them in your Bible and begin to meditate on them because I think they're really rich. And then there's just that dark night of the soul. Sometimes we have the dark night of the soul. It just feels dark and dismal and you... You, you feel alone, and you don't feel like you're going to make it, and it's just, it's just hard. And the dark night feels like the withdrawal of God, the withdrawal of the presence of God from your life. In this Bible, there's a book called Malachi. It's the last, I mean, excuse me, it's Malachi. It's the last book of the Old Testament. And the first book of the New Testament is Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. And there's a 400-year break, period of silence for the people because they ignored God. And he just, heaven just stopped, just shut. 400 years, they didn't hear from God. And you're saying, wow, I, I, I've been four weeks without God. I've been four months. I've been four years. I've been four minutes or whatever. But God just wants to draw you and I near this morning. And, and that dark night might come to your soul, but just continue to lay that before the Lord and go, God, please, if my heart seems dark, don't let me get hard. Don't silence heaven. Don't silence your voice for me. Speak to me, God. Just dig into scriptures a little bit deeper and say, God, I pour out my soul. And I want to give you this last verse. Caitlin, you go ahead and play on this. I'm, I'm not going to go with all the other. I, I could. I could preach for an hour, and somebody is saying, thank God he's not. Third John 1, 2. See, Third John only has one chapter. But Third John, verse 2. And he says this verse. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health, and that it may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. You know, that's what I pray this Memorial Day weekend.
that your body, your health might be good, that you might prosper. But more than that, I pray that even so, your soul is well. If we had another 30 minutes, we would break into a great song. It is well with my soul. I pray somehow today you got encouraged about the habit of a soul keeper. Keep your soul, church. Stir your soul. Let God revive your soul. This is the end of the habit series. I'm going to miss it. This has been a fun series for me. Next weekend, give you a little precursor. We're starting the book of Mark. Mark chapter 1. Hope you'll bring somebody with you. A new series called Mark It Up. A little play on words. Let's pray. God, we love you. And God, we just need you. Oh, our souls. Maybe they're full today and we bless you and we magnify and we exalt you, Jesus. And maybe our soul's a little cruddy. Maybe it's a little messed up. Maybe it's a little gunked up. Maybe it's just dry. Maybe it's just exhausted. God, maybe our soul is so withered up we don't even know if we have one. And oh God, I pray you would breathe life into us living souls. I pray your Holy Spirit would come and fill us. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Fill souls today with your presence. God, give us strength and courage to cry out to Jesus. Maybe if we're not in faith in Christ today, it would start with that simple surrender. Jesus, oh Jesus, I've, I've tried to do it on my own. I've made a mess. I need you. Come and invade my life today. Take control. I surrender, Jesus. Be my Lord and Savior. Oh, that'd be a great prayer this Veteran Day weekend or Memorial Day. That you could die that you might live. Help us follow you. In the name of Jesus. Amen.